Fish Stripes Unfiltered, episode 10. Isaac, we finally made it to our 10th episode, man. How are you? And then we'll get into what we're going to talk about and the two incredible minds we have with us today when it comes to the minor league system. And we have a lot to talk about. Yeah, man. It's hard to believe we've been doing this for 20 weeks now, 10 episodes yeah. bi-weekly. And like, wow, I feel like time really does fly. So it's great to be here as always and looking forward to this one for sure. Well, we have a familiar face with us today. We have Alex Carver. You guys all know him from the Fish Stripes Lives. Uh, always with us here. And he did, we, we asked him to hop on because we need to talk some prospects. And then we have his co-host from Fish on the Farm Swimming Upstream podcast, Danny DeVivo. Man, how are you guys both? We're, we're extremely honored to have you guys and ready to talk some prospects because me and Isaac recently put out a top 30 list and we have a lot to talk about on that end. I can go first. Um, <clears throat> honored to be here with you guys. Um, it's just fun seeing your faces around the Twitter verse. Um, and and I've, I've spoken to each of you separately. I've, I've listened to your show. I love it. I love the dynamic. And thanks for inviting me, man. Love talking prospects, especially Marvel's prospects. I guess I could just reciprocate. Uh, thanks for having us on. Uh, the show and and man I'm, I'm i'm so excited to see the growth of both of you guys kevin and isaac you guys have done awesome work uh with your tenure with fish ripes and i'm so excited to see what you guys can do uh next season whenever that starts uh as that gets going uh, and and including the minor league season and you guys supplement our coverage as well and we're always glad to share our thoughts with you um yeah two two uh great minds and two great young minds in this marlins media world and we're 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 so excited to be on with you guys and thank you for having us thank you so let's just hop right into the top 10 starting off right here eli will put up the uh the top 10 so it's easier for you guys to reference on youtube but uh isaac you got eddie cabrera man just get right into it why eddie and uh yeah. then we'll get into my part and you know it's really fun because one there's a few guys there's a trio of guys that we could go with for number one here and what's awesome is that they're all right-handed pitchers. So my reasoning for Edward Cabrera, I think just one, he I didn't use, you know, timeline to the major leagues as a factor, but maybe subconsciously I did. But anyway, just his the arsenal he has, that phenomenal change of the velocity, the height, the size, the durability that he's shown, and his complete and utter dominance of the minor leagues in 2019 as well as 2021 really just catapulted him to the top of the list before Sixto and Edward made their debuts, respectively. They where there was arguments on whether who was the better prospect. And this was when Sixo was a top 20 prospect in all of Major League Baseball. And Edward has done nothing other than maybe a, a little bit of an inconsistent performance in the big leagues, but he's done nothing to change my mind about that. And I think Edward is going to be a very special player. So that's the reason he's number one. All right, we're going to go on to Alex, who is your number one prospect in the Miami Marlins minor league system. Um, I also have Edward Cabrera. Um, it was kind of a tough choice for me between this guy and another much younger guy that we have further down in these lists that are on the screen right here. But uh, I also have Eddie. Um, and I have Eddie because he's 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 very, very, very good at the age that he's at. And he's he was just absolutely dominant in the minor leagues this past season. But I do think Eddie has some kinks to work out. Um, I do think, and I said this to Danny and our, our guests on our podcast that I just released, that he has some stuff to work out in terms of his IQ and pitch uh, pitch uh, pitch selectability 
and and just just knowing when to throw what pitch. I mean, he was living off of the fastball his entire minor league career, and then he came up to the majors and he was just throwing the changeup like at a very 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 high rate. So uh, I do think his changeup is good. I do think he has three very good pitches, as Isaac stated. But I think he really needs to live off of the fastball and go to the secondaries after that. So uh, I want to see more of the fastball out of Edward Cabrera. Um, I want to see him really select his pitches a little bit better. But other than that, I really think that this guy could be very, very good. I think he's a rotational staple. I disagree with those that say that he's a future bullpen piece. Uh, but I do think he is, at this time, the number one prospect in the Marlins organization. And I do think he sticks in the rotation uh, for the long term. So Edward Cabrera, I agree with Isaac, is my number one prospect. Moving on to Danny DeVivo, who is your number one prospect? It's Eddie, man. It's Eddie Cabrera. He had me at hello. I mean, <laughs> well, what else can I say about the dude? He has everything. You know, he's, he's going to find the command. That's coming. Um, the stuff, the height mentality you know he is super um focused like you listen to his interviews and he knows what he wants and he's gonna get it he has the tools to do it so apart from everything that isaac and and, um, alex said it's that mentality and he's gonna show the world who he is in 2022 i assure you man that guy has it he to me i mean he's a top of the rotation type of talent for me and like talk to anyone in the minor leagues and i remember talking to um to chris gargiola when that guy passed through double a and chris has seen a lot of baseball in his life and he just passed through double a he told me like like you could feel that this guy doesn't belong here you can feel that this guy is a major leaguer and a really good one like and, and how he goes around about his business and his stuff, everything. So again, I mean, it's Eddie. Moving on to mine. I'm the only one who's different here, but I chose Max Meyer as my number one guy. I always had Eddie Cabrera. This is the first time I released a list with Max Meyer number one. The MLB tenure dropped him a little bit as well. He's about to graduate. He'll probably start on the major league roster, in my opinion. So, And Max Meyer in AAA, he set a career high in strikeouts. And it was, what, three starts? Max Meyer impressed me enough to say he should be in the MLB very, very closely. And you you guys said the right things about Eddie. He's my number two guy. You guys already see it on the screen. But, man, Max Meyer, for me, is number one. He's right there. He's at the cusp. You could say he's a closer as, as well. There's the argument for that. But right now, I see him as a starter, and he's just thrown fire. Uh, you saw him in the in the double-A level as one Pensacola. He just had himself an amazing season that made him got him to the futures game as well eddie cabrera did have some injury issues uh but got his chance in the mlb not, and uh there's not much more we could say about max this guy's just pure dominance on the mound he's proved himself more than enough especially in 2020 uh you know there's no minor league se- season and just coming into 2021 off of that and and just putting up dominance let's move on with the same order to number two isaac who do you have uh, your number two prospect. Yeah, yeah, that is something we failed to mention about Eddie. He has had some interesting injuries in his career, but you know, I don't think that's anything that's going to bother him long term. And hey, I'm with you. I'm with this the six foot bulldog mentality pitcher that he has relieved before in his college career. He was a lights out closer, but I think I'm with Alex. I'm with. I'm going to totally reject that theory that he's he might end up one day. But that's not something that any of us should be talking about. He could not have had a better professional debut at such a young age. 
And I'm very excited. I think he's going to be one of the first pitchers that we see up called up next year. Instead of guys, you know, like older veteran guys, we're going to see this top prospect. It was a tough decision, one and two, but, you know, what two great young right-handed pitchers to have at the top tier of your um, prospect list because you can't go wrong with either one. So, Alex, who is your number two prospect? You're You're muted. muted. You're muted. My number two prospect was was Yuri Perez. I just can't deny what this guy has done at, at such a young age. I mean, you know, Max is, is a great pick. I don't blame you guys at all for ranking him over this guy. But Yuri has come in as an 18-year-old prospect, challenged to, you know, the level of, of single-A baseball and just proved it time and time and time again. And then later in the season, almost at the midway part of the season, he was up at the, at the single-A advanced level and he was doing the same thing there. So this guy was very innings limited um, in 2021. That limit, I think, should be off of him in 2022. I think that the one thing we need to see from Eddie is the ability to work very deep into games, deeper than the fifth inning, go into the sixth and seventh, hold your velocity, and just show those incredible breakers because this guy's got two of them, and they are very, very good. He's got the velo separation. He's got the height. He's got that really, really high release point that's going to make it so hard on opposing hitters and has made it so hard on opposing hitters that it's a guy that can miss spots and still wipe guys out. And that, to me, is something that you do not see from an 18-year-old kid challenged at such a high level. I know Daniel loved this guy. I know our buddy Ian, who we just had on the show, loves this guy. Spencer Morris, who you guys know, loves this guy. Everybody loves Yuri Perez. And Yuri Perez is doing so much at such a young age. I just cannot deny the projectability. So Yuri Perez is my number two. Danny DeVivo, who is your number two, man? I can't believe that Alex was the influence who every time I wanted to bring Yuri Perez to, to the top, he was like, wait, we need to see him. Let's calm down on Yuri. And now he's has him ranked higher than I do. I can't believe this. Um, my number two is, is Max. It's Max Meyer. Um, I mean, Isaac said it perfectly. You too, uh, Kevin. That guy seems to be the real deal. Um, Two-pitch combination is already amazing, and he's going to get the third um, because of the system where he's in. Um, you know, the Marlins <laughs> developed changeups as if it was nothing. Uh, you can see any example you want. You get Sandy, Pablo. Sixto. Um, I mean, you can go on the list. Poteet, like that. The Poteet's changeup just fell off the table. Uh, Thompson, all those guys. You think Max Meyer is not going to get that third pitch? He is. And uh, fun fact from him: like everybody talks about his K's and and um, you know how dominant he is on the mound. That guy had a in Double A. We're talking how many innings? Uh, One hundred and one innings, a fifty-two point seven percent ground ball rate. That's elite. I mean, like average is what, 42, 43. He's at 52. So he not only gets the Ks, not only keeps the walks down, but he also gets the ground balls. So um, this guy's not a reliever, guys. I mean, he's, he's my number two. Yeah, my number two is Edward Cabrera. You guys said it perfectly, so I'm not going to get too much into him. But he was my number one throughout the full the whole year. This guy was recovering from injury this whole season, but – Came in the in the major leagues. He impressed me a little bit. There was this one game in Pittsburgh. Not in Pittsburgh. It was against the Pirates in Miami. That was probably his best game, I would say. Then he had 
he wasn't using the fastball. That's something that Alex, you know, told me, told us on the live stream that he was using more of his secondary pitch than his first pitch. That is, that isn't much of Eddie Cabrera type uh, pitching. So only reason I dropped him the two, but I, man, Myers right there. That's why I had him at one. That's the only reason I made that minor change. And Isaac, you're shocking me a little bit here with your number three guy, but it's worth putting him there as well. Who's your number three, man? Shocking, huh? Um, interesting. <laughs> no, I, I don't know how shocking that is. Sixo Sanchez was a top 25 prospect in all of Major League Baseball as early as, what, 2019, 2020? And I think people are quick to forget. I know there's some interesting reports on him and his, eth and his work ethic, whatever, but the arm and the movement and the command is all still there, guys. That ch The impeccable changeup is still there. So I think, you know, it's not much of a surprise. I think he definitely sh he could have been top two or even one. But I think Edward surpassed him a little bit. And Sixer was fantastic in his first cup of coffee in the big leagues. He will get a full spring, a whole offseason to recover from his shoulder surgery. And I'm really looking forward to seeing his innings be monitored carefully because I don't think he's going to make the team out of spring training. I think he needs to go to like a minor league schedule first. But, you know, once that happens, once he's up in May, early May, hopefully, I think he's going to go back to being dominant. And I, I'm very excited about this young guy. Yeah, and just I'm going to add really quickly. He's not my number three, but he pitched in the playoffs for the Marlins. He was a huge piece of that of that mm -hmm. starting rotation. He won us a game in Chicago and Wrigley. Uh, and then in his first start itself, he was just dominant. You saw it. Many at, at some point, I, I know there was something going around about rookie of the year. He wasn't going to get it, but, man, he, he pitched really well that season, that 2020 year where he came up throughout midway through this through the season alex carver who is your number three guy on your i'm really i'm sorry to interrupt you alex really yeah. quick on, on six though six oh was so dominant that guys like john Heyman, these national reporters were saying nobody wants to face miami in the playoffs because of sandy yeah. and six though and these guys because they knew they have them six oh was elite and i'm, I'm it's such a shame the stuff you know the injuries you know of course but i'm um, like i said i'm very excited to see him soon no alex number three uh, my number three uh, was Max Meyer um, for everything that you guys just said. Uh, I mean, 70-grade fastball, 70-grade uh, slider. It's just a changeup that needs to catch up. And I, I've said this to many people. He had that pitch in college. He just didn't need it because he was relying so much on that on that fastball-slider combo, uh, which was absolutely elite and is still absolutely elite. If he can make the changeup catch up, and as Daniel DeVivo said – in this system, I absolutely believe that he can for everything that the Marlins have done with guys like Trevor, Pablo, Sandy. You can go down the line, multiple guys in the minor leagues. There's there's so much to be done with Max Meyer that can make him stick as a starting pitcher if he remains in the Marlins organization. I know that's not the conversation for right now, but I think he should remain in the Marlins organization because of everything that he has already and everything that he can become. So I love Max Meyer. You know, people doubt his size. You know, can he stick as a starter? Delivery is easy. There's, you know, there's, there's repeatability behind it. I really love Max and really think that he can improve that change up here. You know, after all the missed time, you know, there's tons of time to make up for, yes, but there, there's, there's, there's tons of projectability to do it in this system. So I love Max Meyer, number three, starting pitcher 100%. Danny DeVivo, who is your number three prospect? My number three is Yogi Yogi Perez. Um, I mean, what else, what is to say about this kid? You know, uh, anybody who listens to Swimming Upstream knows 
how I feel about this guy, but I mean, frame, pitches, mentality, command, um, long limbs that he controls. You don't see that in an 18-year-old. And again, that's an 18-year-old dominated at low A and, and, and did very well at high A. Um, you know, he, he's got this stuff and it's just so much projection. You know, he, his ceiling is right now unlimited. Obviously, you can say that about a lot of 18-year-olds, but he's so good. You know, youngest player in baseball, in all of minor league baseball for a long time. So really excited about him. Um, I assume he'll be at number one very, very shortly. Yeah, we, we, we both have the same number three. Uh, I went Yodi Perez. This guy just it's really good, man. There's no other way you could say it. This guy, 18 years old. I'm 17 and he's 18 and he's what, six, seven? You put him next to Sandy and he and Sandy looks like a little kid next to him. That that this guy's sky's the ceiling, man. You said it yourself, Danny. Um Cody is like six between yeah. six eight and six nine. I think that's okay. seven to six nine. Like it's crazy. And he's a guy and that many of us really, you know, he was the one I was mostly for. I know he happens to be number four. But I mean, like, I don't think we can say enough. He he also could. It's just so fun to like see these four right-handed pitchers in my top ten anyway that are all all have a ceilings. You know, they really do. And to pitch to an, I know you only pitch seventy-eight innings, but to pitch to an ERA under two, strike out as many guys as he did, and really not walking anyone. He walked twenty-six guys. So I, I just cannot say that the age he was, you know, at the age he's at right now, and playing the competition much older than he is, it's phenomenal how much pitching this organization has and not only that we expected him maybe to struggle at a plus and below it what is what was called below well yeah it's still below it yeah so i we, we all expected him to struggle but this guy pitched a lot better than we expected man and that's the great thing about this guy and i i could see him maybe hitting double a at some point maybe towards the end of the year i don't know if you could uh concur with me here alex yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, made it up to single A advance, as you said, and and was was great. So uh, I think he definitely starts uh, 2022 uh, with the Beloit Skycarp, the newly named yeah. Beloit Skycarp, um, and shows what he can do there. I mean, midway through the season, definitely. I mean, they challenged this kid at 18 years old to to full season single A ball, and there's why wouldn't they challenge him again if he can prove it with all the pitches that he has and all the stuff that he has? I absolutely agree with you. I would say, uh, as I said before, that he needs to show and to get off of that innings limit and to show that he can make it deeper into starts. Like, you know, I, I thought he could have done it last season. Obviously, the Marlins are going to be very protective yeah. of an 18-year-old kid that is um, that is a, a guy that they think could be a star and we all think could be a star, obviously, per these rankings. Um, that innings limit, you know, slightly reduced next season, if not reduced tenfold, uh, that he could pitch into the fifth and sixth inning and he does that and he's still shutting guys out and – and wiping guys, you know, off of the plate. Absolutely. I think he could definitely make it up to double a baseball uh, at the very end of next season. And man, man, we're talking about this kid making the Miami Marlins major league roster, potentially at the age of 21. That's absolutely insane. Four. Yeah, you can't say enough that guy, that. write it down. 2023 September call up. You're in Paris. There you go. Write it down. If he stays healthy, of course. Like, if there's any big injury in there, nothing to do. But and the thing to say about that, the thing to say about that is, you know, we're going to get into Yuri talk, which I know Danny loves. But uh, uh, the repeatability, and I've mentioned this many times before, the repeatability was his crux that I saw when he was much young, 
not much younger than he is now, but like last year. So he definitely cleaned that up. Um, and he's as high as on my list as he is. And I'm sure on Danny's list and others lists as he is, I would say that as he grows into his body, that changes and you have to grow with your body and show that you can maintain, maintain that repeatability. So as long as he does that, definitely. But again, this is a tall, lanky kid. You work, I, I slightly worry about the levers and how he grows into them and how he grows into such fiery velocity at 96, 97 miles an hour. But that said, as long as he grows into those levers advantageously, as he is doing right now, sky's the limit, as Danny said. Yeah, and according to MLB Pipeline, it is expected for him to come into the major leagues at uh, in 2024, so three seasons. And then that, that could gateway into another conversation here is out of all these pitchers, because there's so many, you know, we haven't even mentioned the other ones, McCambly, you have Dax Fulton, there's um, Nider, Braxton. Which ones could you see get traded here, Danny? I mean, there's so many of them that not all of them are going to get that big opportunity to start unless, obviously, players get injured. But consistently starting in that starting rotation for the Marlins, it's not going to happen for all of them. I mean, hopefully it does. But which ones could you see get dealt? We already saw Nicholas get dealt. Zach Thompson, which is a little bit of a surprise in my opinion. I I expected him to be in the bullpen get dealt. Maybe Cody Potino, we haven't even mentioned Cody next. Yeah, so let's let's kind of go. Yeah, Cody puts you definitely, but let's respond really quickly. Is who's not getting dealt? Um, <laughs> yeah. Edward Cabrera is not getting dealt. Um, Max Meyer. I mean, if that guy gets dealt, it's gonna have to be for one of the big guys, uh, Reynolds, Mullins, etc. Like below that, I really don't see it happening. Yuri Perez, you won't see me in a while on Twitter if he gets traded. Um, Again, it would have to be something crazy. I know the Marlins yeah. are really high on him. So those top guys, and Sixto was not going to be traded because they'd be trading very low on him. And I don't think that'd be a really good strategy. So who could be traded? Uh, Jake Eater would also be really low. So I, you know, one injury, a year injury, I don't think it's him either. Dax Fulton, I think, is a candidate for someone who could get traded. Um, because we have so much depth, um, and he's really good, really, really good, but he's not maybe at Cody's level right now. He could be. I mean, he's coming off a big injury. Um, and McCambly, I would say those two, I mean, again, apart from Nider, Braxton, if they find good deals for them, they could also go uh, Poteet as well. But in terms of the top 10 right now, I'd say, well, maybe McCambly's probably not a top 10, but top 15 guys, I'd say McCambly and Dax could be guys who could be traded i see it in a way if you're it was it was kyle nicholas and mccambly they're pretty much on the same trajectory at the time but maybe you deal one and then the other you have to keep in this case they dealt nicholas you kept mccambly but and if it's a deal you can't say no to and and it's for mccambly i'll, I'll throw him in there alex i, I don't know if you may, may have the same opinion or you think of it a different way yeah no both of these guys that you're talking about um mccambly uh, and, um, and Fitterer, uh, both lim- more limited velocity, I would say, uh, lower nineties and with a very good breaking pitch, like Zach McCambly curveball is crazy good. Uh, Evan Fitterer curveball is very good. So yeah, you're talking about more guys that have limited velocity with lesser time behind them with a lot of time to make up in building a third pitch. So um, maybe one's ahead of the other in, in terms of that conversation. Um, we can get into that later, but 
Um, yeah, if you're talking about trading trading guys, it's not as Danny said, it's not going to be Yuri. I really hope it's not Max Meyer unless they are very overwhelmed. Um, but if you're talking about pitchers and dealing from pitching depth, these are guys that have the questionable ceiling is if they are going to make it as a starter because of that lack of third pitch and lack of velocity. You're talking about Evan Fitterer and you're talking about Zach and Cambly. I love both of these guys. I think they're both could be very, very, very good. Um, you know, Dax Walton is another guy you could throw into that, but it's, it's just in terms of the projectability in terms of what they can do velocity wise and what they can do with the third pitch. And neither one of those guys have that right now. Um, they could build into it. Absolutely. For sure. But it's it's just if you're going to deal from that depth, I think those are the two guys or three guys that you're that you're really questioning here. When it comes out to those like, three, though, uh-huh, go ahead. Really quickly, out of those three, Dax, I would say would net you the biggest return. Oh, absolutely. Of the projectability. I mean, the other absolutely. two, not as much, but Dax. Yeah, no, and I think when we talk about pitchers getting traded, we knew that's one of those six pitchers taken in the 2020 draft. Like we knew that they were going to trade one of those guys at least. Now, whether they're going to trade another one remains to be seen. It, it just depends on like which guy you want to go get. Whether you know if you want to tell Marte, it's going to have to be Meyer and Yuri probably. And if it's you know if you want to trade like another like role player type or another starting outfielder, maybe you can get away with make, like a similar trade for um like you did for Stalling. So it's you got to take all that into consideration. I think they maybe have room to trade one more of those top ten guys or top twenty. Because, you know, you can never have enough pitching, as Joe Pissarro likes to say. Never have enough pitching. A lot of people say that. but All right, let's move on to the number four guy. So we'll start with you, Isaac. Uh, we already mentioned this guy, but you could tell you know, you could tell us who your number four guy is. Uh, Yuri Perez, I believe, was my number four. I think um, Daniel and Alex did a great job of, you know, describing them, describing him, his incredible ceiling, his incredible numbers, and I'm just very excited to see him. Uh, probably start off in high A, I would assume, in 2022, and then maybe in August get a call to double A, and that's gonna be like incredible. Alex, who is your number four prospect? I think you and me, you, you, me, and Daniel may have the same one, if I'm correct. Um, I, I personally have F6 though. Um, oh, I know okay, our, okay, we don't. We I don't. know our buddy behind the scenes, Eli, is not gonna be pleased with that, with that <laughs> pick, but uh, I have I have six though. Um, you know, it, it, for every all the reasons that you guys have already said, you know, he, he's proved it. He's proved it. He pitched in the playoffs, you know, has shown really well uh, so far. But, I mean, I, I got to go back to it, and I keep going back to it. I, I really question the work ethic. Um, it's hopefully something that he can clean up in the future. Um, the size is what it is. You know, maybe that will never change. But, man, it, it's just the mindset and the work ethic that I really, really doubt. Um, we hear, you know, people within the organization through Craig that really say that they they doubt him because of that, and and I, I can't it, it can't I can't be moved off of that because that's something I'm always going to listen to is voices within the organization. So um, you kind of see it, you know, coming out on social media and in other ways, and I, I, that may seem like a non-factor for some people because of what he does on the field, but what you do on the field is going to permeate and what into what you do off of the field. So. For me, Sixto is a guy that could be the top prospect, unquestionable in this organization if he puts his mind to it. But I don't think he's doing that right now, and I think that that's definitely something that needs to be fixed that may not be able to be fixed. So the only reason for me putting Sixto at number four is because of the mindset and because of off the field. And I really hope that he can fix that, and I hope that he can really commit himself to playing Major League Baseball as a starting pitcher. And if he can, 
sky's the limit. But man, I, I, I really think, and we had people say this on my podcast, on our podcast, me and Daniel, that these top four for us are, are very interchangeable. We, we can see them go in a lot of different directions as we have on this show. But um, for me, Sixto here at number four for all of the reasons that I just stated, but I really hope he can fix it. Yeah, Kevin, that's crazy that you have uh, at number five. I guess I'm not that different at three, but you know, have Khalil over Sixto. Bold, my friend, bold. <laughs> I mean, it's not that bold when you look at it. Sixto, he just had injuries, so – and Khalil, yeah. I mean, he, he he was a steal in the draft. You have to keep that in mind. Yeah, Everyone expected him to go top three. And for the Marlins to get him at 16, that's just a steal. Dan, uh, Danny, do you have six to our number four as well? And then yes. I want to. Okay, yeah. so six with that, four. do you guys see him starting at AAA or in or in, the, in the major leagues right away? It, Unless it completely depends. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. to me, it absolutely depends on, on where he is. That's that's why he's fourth. I mean, to me, to be number one. If some if, if someone tells me this guy's ready for spring training to be stretched out five six innings, Sixto Sanchez is my number one, no doubt. I just don't know how he's going to come back from that shoulder injury. I'm not even taking the work ethic stuff into account. That's something he needs to solve. Period. Um, it's it's important, absolutely. But you know, with, with, with what I do here is more of um, where is he now in terms of his baseball, in terms of his um, health. And I'm really worried about that health, man. I mean, if he really is fine to go, he's my number one. I just don't know, right? But if he's healthy, they'd probably give him a month in AAA, I, I would say. And, yeah. damn, he's the next guy up. Yeah, so, he's starting in AAA, no question. I mean, I, I don't think that there's a chance that this guy makes the major league roster, um, personally. I think he has to really come in and prove that he can remain healthy. Um, show the right work ethic, like I said. But it, as Danny said, uh, just as important as the work ethic is the health. Um, this is a guy who's gone through multiple injuries. Um, if it's the cornerstone and a cornerstone prospect in your organization, you want to see that he can remain healthy and really, you know, just 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 strive through everything that he's already went through. And I think the work ethic goes into that. I, th- I think the, the workout regiment goes into that. I think the rehab regiment goes into that. Um, and this guy's been through a lot. So yeah, the health and the work ethic on top of the health, as Danny said, I think we, we comboed that pretty nicely. So yeah, uh, both of those things taken in, into account. Um, Sixto's got a lot, a lot more for me, at least to prove on top of what he's already done. He's proved that he can pitch at the major league level, at least somewhat. Um, he was good in spring training, but I mean, if you're going to stick long-term and, and be a, a top five or top four prospect, which we have him as, um, you, you really got to prove that that it can happen. And I think next year is huge for Sixto Sanchez. All right. So very quickly, we have to go into Khalil Watson here because he's just the number one. He was, he was the number one pick for the Marlins in this draft. And then we'll move on to some other disagreements we may have on our list because we, we got to roll through this a little bit quickly here. So Alex, do you agree that Khalil Watson is a top five prospect at the moment? Because MLB Pipeline is really bold and has them at number one. Isaac has him at what? Uh, six? Or five? You have him at five. Him at Where do you have five. him, Danny? I have Khalil at five. Okay, so you got uh, you know Alex. I a think me and Danny had the same top five, right? You told me, Daniel. Uh, I believe so. Eddie, Max, Yuri, Sixto, and Khalil. Oh, I think you have Sixto yeah. and, uh, uh, and Yuri six, interchange. Sixto and Yuri interchange. Oh, it's very close. To answer your question, absolutely. Um, I think I think Khalil is a is a top five prospect. I have him at number five on my personal list. 
Um, this guy's just got so much projectability. Um, good bat speed. I mean, great swing from the left-hand side. I love lefty hitters. I'm a lefty myself, so I kind of gravitate towards lefties. Mm-hmm. I, I really, really love this kid. Um, the question is, where does he wind up long-term defensively? Um, you know, is it shortstop, second base? Some people are saying center field. Um, I really look at it and, and say second base um, in terms of what I've seen so far. But we haven't seen a lot out of Khalil. I mean, the reports are kind of scarce out of the FCL. Um, I want to see him come up to Jupiter potentially, and I think he should be there next year as the staple second baseman. I really, really like this kid for all of his athleticism and all of the tools that he provides. Um, I think it's more bat speed and line drive for average and for double swing right now than it is for home run swing. That's me personally. Um, Obviously, that can change. I mean, this kid is still so young. So that can change, and he can come by more loft, as a lot of these prospects, prospects that me and Danny talk about will. And I think that can definitely happen. Um, so, yeah, I want to see him come up and play second base uh, for the for the Jupiter Hammerheads next year. I want to see him prove it. The thing with Khalil is that he's he's very, very headstrong. He knows he's good. He knows yeah. that he can do it. He knows what he's, his tools are. Um, I just want to see him get that first taste of failure because baseball is all about failure. You look at batting oh. averages. If you're a 300 hitter, you're really good, right? But even if you're a 300 hitter, you're failing at the plate 70% of the time right? Didn't really have that experience in the FCL. He was killing the FCL. So if he comes up to Jupiter next year in a very, very pitcher-friendly environment, I want to see him fail first and be able to handle failure and be able to admit to himself that he has stuff to adjust to. And if he can do that, if he can admit that maybe I'm not as good as I thought I was facing off against these these, these good these good prospects, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I want to see him handle failure and be able to prove that he can be good in the face of failure. If he can do that, sky's the limit, man. I love Khalil, though. I think he's going to be good. You got anything to say about that, Isaac? A sorry face when he said uh, about handling failure. Uh, no, I mean, he was absolutely right. I guess he is. Right. I haven't, you know, had the privilege of speeding him one-on-one. Actually, I did have a media session with him. And very nice kid. You wouldn't expect it. He does play with a chip on his shoulder, knowing that he was expected to go top five at least. And I asked him that very question, you know, how was draft day for you? Considering, you know, you, went, you were expecting to go a lot higher, you went all the way down to 16. And he's a very confident young man, explosive bat speed. But I mean explosive. He's going to hit the ball very far, very often. And you're right, Alex. Jupiter's going to be a perfect place for him to play the entire year of 2022 for sure. And he's going to face some tough pitching. He's going to face some tough competition. And like you said, it's a pitcher-friendly environment. Roger Dean is not exactly the fun, most fun place to hit. I don't think I've heard a lot of players complain. So uh, it's going to be really exciting to see a full season of this. You know, the first offensive, the first position player prospect I have on my list. So I'm very excited to see him play full season ball. All right, moving on with the list. Me and Isaac actually had the same exact uh, six, seven, and eight, which was Jake Eater, JJ Blade, and Jose Salas. I guess great minds think alike. But then we come to a little bump here where Isaac has Peyton Burdick at number nine and Joe Mack for yeah. me at number nine. Yeah. Um, Coincidentally, I uh, I think Alex, you have Joe Mack at ten. Where do you have him, Danny? Joe Mack, I have him at eleven. Okay, so I think that's, I where, we'll, that's where we'll get started there. Isaac, why why do you have Joe Mack so low or not low? Obviously, top thirty is incredible, but where do you have him at the moment? Well, I have him at eleven, and the reason part of the reason was you know in his first in his pro debut he. Did not hit anything. He hit 132 and slugged 208. He did get on base a little bit, so I'll give him that. High school catchers have a horrible track record. 
we all know how dope Cal Skipworth came out. You know, every once in a while, one will come out hit. But I think you have someone like Peyton Burdick, who was a college bat, taking the same draft as Blade, and the numbers that he put up in his first pro season in 2019, phen phenomenal. He lost the season in 2020, and then this year, he set Oahu's record. He was walking, sitting for power. The average and the Ks do need to improve a little bit, but at least he's getting on base at 100 points higher than his batting average, and he's slugging the hell out of the ball. I don't know how you don't have him. How anyone would not have Payne Berg in their top 10 because he is, he's right in my eyes, right behind Blade in terms of prospects, right behind. And he, I think there's a good chance he jumps over him this year if Blade struggles again. Yeah, no, Peyton Burdick is actually my number seven. So I think I'm yeah. the highest on him. Burdick's a god. Just an athlete. I mean, I, I really, yeah, I really like him. I think he's he's pretty much MLB ready, to tell you the truth. He's yeah. starting in AAA, uh, unless the Marlins don't end up signing or trading for anybody else uh, for that outfield. But, you know, I think he's starting in AAA. But I really like Peyton. Um, and Mac, I just, you know, I want to see more. Between 9 and 11th, which is – I think the range where we all have them in there is pretty close. I mean, yeah, yeah it's a kind of like a Burdick, Dax, Mac, little you know, uh, interchangeable. But but yeah, he's pretty much in my top ten at eleven. Yeah, Alex, I don't know if you have anything to add to that. No, yeah, Danny said it. I mean, Burdick's going go to go to AAA next year in a pretty hitter friendly environment in the old Southern League there with Jacksonville. And, man, if, if he pops off even more so than he did in the very small bar park in, in Pensacola, uh, man, he's, he's, he's going to be really good in terms of power. Um, my question on him is the, the, the ability to hit for average. He plays, and we talked about this on our podcast, he plays with so much physicality. He puts so much behind his swing. He's not the tallest dude in the world, but he may be one of the strongest dudes in the world because of his huge arms and huge upper half. Kind of like the – Like me. He, like – Okay, maybe like you, but I was going to relate it to Dan Ugla, like a guy with a huge forearm, huge <laughs> muscles, but the sh a shorter dude, right? And this guy's an outfielder. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I really like I really like him as a guy, as that big physical player that's going to crank out home runs, yeah. but that may be limited by average because of how much he puts behind his swing. I said this as well, that I really kind of – what shies me away from him and seeing him swing and seeing him take batting practice and seeing him hit, it's just like – that ability to limit your average. I think that's what really limits him as a prospect. Like if he can figure that out and just come, and this is very impossible to say for a player like this, that plays with so much physicality, physicality is saying that, Hey, you got to limit what you put into your swing. But I mean, if, if, if that could possibly happen and he could come by a little bit more average and a little bit, I mean, his selectiveness is great. You just got to come by a little bit more batting average, but the, the power is definitely insurmountable because of, how much this guy does in the gym, how much this guy looks as a, as a built player, like the sh one of the strongest players probably in the minor Marlins minor league system. But uh, I just worry about the limited average. Um, you know, that's, that's kind of what limits me on Burdick, but man, if he comes to and, and lights it up and puts ball down in that, in that Jacksonville jumbo shrimp stadium, he's going to be a guy that you see called up to the Marlins pretty quickly. So um, he's definitely there for me. Um, you know, he's, he's definitely within the realm of, um, of, of the top 10. I have him at number nine. If we oh, were I talking about some, yeah. someone who is a possible trade, uh, I think Burdick may be part of a trade for Miami's newest outfielder. That wouldn't surprise me. Like, Agreed. maybe as a sec, like if it's a really good one, as they said, one of the Mullins, I mean, you could see one of the, you know, 
top I mean, guys. He, he was asked. He was asked Berger. about. He was asked about in uh, in in 2020, and it, it didn't happen because they were just unwilling to move off of him. If that happened again, uh, when we get the offseason going again, I, I could see it happening for sure. You know, yeah. So- not not only that, but his value went up. He won minor league player of the year for the Marlins, if I'm correct. So that's something else. And man, if and I know last season it was the Wilson Contreras trade that almost went down. Where was talked about and he was included the marlins said no that that value went up so maybe we could see it in a mullins trade and i love peyton burdick but at this moment i think brian de la cruz is always blocking his way because de la cruz is the fourth outfielder expecting to bring in another one i know i i know me and isaac were bumping heads about this before the show but man at the ro- at the moment the roster is constructed i don't know how much center field jj um, peyton burdick has played but he played a good amount of center field actually he did? Okay. that's something like i want to really keep in mind Unless it's for a center fielder like Mullins, like you said, I would really try and hold on to your like two best outfield prospects in Bladé and Burdick because you traded Meisner. I, I, we can like really quickly talk about that later. And you also traded Connor Scott, the two guys who were in the top 20 prospect list and who uh, like truly played center field. Then you don't have a center, true center field prospect anymore. You don't have any center field right as of right now, not in the major leagues or in the minor leagues. You don't have a center fielder that can go and play there 150 games. So I think they need, really need to be careful. I think they need to like focus on that because you two years ago you, you're in the same spot you are now. You had Marte, let him go. So I think that's something that they got to be careful because Burdick could fake it out there. I think Blade is obviously a right fielder, and that's what he's going to be. I know he's faked it out there in center field for a little bit as well. But I think I feel like Burdick has more speed than Blade. so I would give Burdick the nod, the the nod there. But like I said in the group chat, I think Burdick will not only come up this year a lot before Blade, he's going to play a lot of center field for Miami. I do agree in terms that Blade is more MLB ready than no, that Burdick is more MLB ready than Blade, and he's probably going to come up way earlier, especially with injuries in the MLB and all that stuff. Yeah, I'm just saying at the moment, everyone healthy, roster constructed, but Burdick is probably a bench guy at the moment. Maybe expecting the Marlins to acquire another outfielder that could fake it at center field. That's the only way I see it. if they don't, maybe you see Brian De La Cruz play center field. But Burdick comes up and he's a fourth outfielder, or Burdick takes over, which he has a lot more power than De La Cruz. So I could definitely see that happen. So the one thing to bring up, the one thing to bring up for you guys, uh, Danny uh, and and Isaac as well, is that they looked at Burdick a lot more than Bladé in center field. So I think it was like fifty games or forty eight games or forty nine games or something like that for for Burdick, uh, and only like just over twenty for Bladé in center field. So. Um, I don't know if that's the organization saying they see Burdick more as that more versatile fielder than J.J. Bleday, but just something to consider. <laughs> yeah, going back to the top 30 just to see where where else we may be uh, bumping heads here. But actually, this is a pretty good point of conversation here. Nick Knight and Braxton Garrett, um, two guys who haven't had consistent playing time on in the, in the team. I guess me and Alex were talking about this before the show and how different these guys are as pitchers and you know obviously you like one more one one more than the other and i think we we could all come to the to the agreement here that they should have had more playing time in 2021 especially with how many bullpen games the marlins had alex what are your thoughts on these guys and i mean you can pretty much just tell me what you told me before the show yeah you're absolutely right uh i mean there were there were two rotation spots to be had in this marlins rotation for how how much of of 2021 uh, most of it i think you could say so I thought that both of these guys um, could have stuck as, as starters in this rotation for longer than they did, especially after what happened with with injuries and guys moving up and down and everything else. 
where Braxton Garrett is coming up and starting a game and, and striking out, you know, 10 guys and getting immediately just after his press conference sent back down to, uh, to AAA. I thought it was a little ridiculous, but you guys all know how I feel about roster movement this year. I don't have to go into that. Um, I will say that only one of these two gentlemen um, made it onto my top 30 list and um, he's, he's, he's further down than you guys have him, I would say. Um, and that's Braxton Garrett. Uh, and the reason that I have Braxton and not Nick is because uh, Braxton has a standout curveball. I mean, he, his curveball is is incredible. Um, not the the fastest fiery velo guy in the world. Um, and I really think that his main issue uh, in his entire career has been fastball control and command. Um, and I think that's something that he could have worked out in his career if he would have been able to do so at one certain level. Pitchers are a creature of habit. You know, you're going to ask Braxton about this, and I've asked him about this personally, and he goes like, yeah, I'm just trying to do my best wherever I go. But pitchers are a creature of habit. They're going to learn to their environment. They're going to learn on a five-day regimen. And this entire last season, Braxton did not have that. He was up and down, and neither did Nick. They were up and down, yeah. up and down, up and down, and they did not have that continuity. So do I still think that both Braxton and Nick could be decent major league pitchers? Absolutely. I am – a little bit higher on Braxton though, because he has that one standout pitch in the curveball. But I really think both of these guys do need to get their full shot in Major League Baseball, which they have not gotten yet. Yeah, and I'll and I'll go here with you, Daniel. But first, I mean, I'm a little higher on Nick than Braxton. I've seen more from Nick. Uh, he, but is it just me, or can these guys maybe be some kind of a bullpen piece? Because I mean, you have Max Meyer, you have Odie, you have Sixto, Eddie Cabrera. I mean, those guys are obviously, I think, going to get a better shot than these guys at a starting rotation spot. Could you maybe see them at a bullpen piece? More nighter because these guys don't go too long. We've seen them from the start. They've gone four or five innings max, I think. And Braxton showed incredible curveball potential. Not potential. He's shown the great curveball. He had a 10-strikeout game. So, Danny, I mean, what are your thoughts on, on Nighter and Garrett? And can you see them maybe in a bullpen situation? Um, so I do have both of them ranked, um, but Brax, I am higher on Braxton than Nider. I feel like okay. Nider got more of a shot last year. Like he didn't get his full shot, but he, at a moment where Sixto was gone and Eliezer was gone, they kind of went to him to see how he did. And he was there for like a month and he was just not up to par. And it's unfair to just say like, no, I mean, that's it. That was your chance. He needs more opportunities, but he wasn't, you know, and that's an important part because the Marlins at the end of the day ended up playing like two or three months with three starters. And that killed us. That really killed that team. So yeah. Nick did get his shot. Then he went to triple a and he wasn't as good. Braxton had a much better triple uh, a uh, season down there. And I just like, I mean, they are similar in some ways, but I like Braxton's stuff a bit more. Um, I wish he threw three miles per hour harder. <laughs> if that guy threw 94 instead of 90, you know, I mean, that's now we're talking about something completely different. Like he needs to sharpen that command, which I have just had it had it so high. He hasn't shown it yet at the major league level. So if I have a bit of um, hope, I would say more on Braxton than Nider in terms of them being bullpen guys. Maybe not high leverage guys. I do see maybe um, a seventh inning um, for for them. You know, for my late inning guys, I just prefer my you know lights out, my lights out pitchers. Um, but I prefer to see them get traded 
uh, as starters and perhaps something back over over using them as, as relievers. But who knows? I mean, maybe just that combination, nope. Braxton, that curveball. I mean, that could that could definitely work. The one thing to bring up before you guys move on from from this conversation is Braxton was was well up from that. You know, Daniel always points to you know, and I don't blame him because this is true that he was throwing 89-90 for the Marlins, and that is definitely true. But I I really I, I mean I don't want to put this on totally on this, but I think that's a product of the total amount of movement that he saw through the system this year, going mm-hmm. up and down, up and down, getting sent down after a start. And you've got to go back to a new place and, and get back into your regiment. Like I said, pitchers are a creature of habit and they're, they're going to build off of that. So I think Braxton definitely has more of a ceiling than 90 mile an hour or 89 mile an hour velocity that we saw with the Marlins this year. And I think if he is given the chance to build that up, that he could definitely still come back and be decent as a back-end starter or long reliever for and multiple you got, And you got to assume that both of these guys will get their fair share of starts in spring training, you know, because I don't think they're going to want six to be starting. They're not going to have Yuri make right. the start. So they will get their fair share of starts. And they're kind of similar in a sense because, you know, just like Braxton Garrett has that plus curveball, Nick Natter has that really plus changeup. So they both yeah, have that sure. one good off speed. And I guess Natter has more deceptiveness, deceptiveness for sure. So it's tough. I gave the nod to uh, Nick Nider just solely based on the fact that one, his hair is fantastic. No, I'm just kidding. But his deceptiveness <laughs> is, is good. And just Braxton, he got hit very hard. He, they put the ball in the air against him. But right. for some reason, uncharacteristically, Nider struggled with command. And I think if he's able to, you know, fix that, I think he has a little bit of maybe a higher floor than Braxton. I think Garrett has a higher ceiling, lefty, amazing curveball, but Nider, that could give Nider the higher floor. Yeah, the final thing I'll say on this, it's actually a coincidence that DeVivo mentioned trades because I made a BA article. I know, Isaac, you saw this. I don't know if you two saw it, but I, I made a Matt Chapman trade. I had to include BA, and it was Brian Anderson, Nassim Nunez, Nick Nider, and Dax for Matt Chapman. I don't know if that's a good trade, Danny. Do, do you think that's, that's a fair trade? I, I talked to Eli about it, and I know he, he I, I put this in the group in our Fish Stretch group chat, and he was pretty on board with it in some way. Um, who who are we giving again? Where the Marlins give? Oh, we give up Nassim Nunez, Nick Nider, Brian Anderson, Dax Fulton for a Matt Chapman. It's a high risk, high reward type of trade, and it's it's not what you would be giving up for a Jose Ramirez or a Brian Reynolds. And I could see Alex's face; he's just maybe having a heart attack there. But it's not the <laughs> it's not the worst trade either. The, the one that hurts, obviously, there's. Dax, that's the yeah. one that hurts the most. Obviously, uh, I mean BA. Yeah, BA, you're really selling low on him, like extremely low. Um, but I mean, Matt Chapman, he's really good. I like, I mean, probably need to see his, his stat cast and a lot of more information. Oh, he had the worst season of his career in 2021. That's why I said high risk. And he was still a three and a half win player. And I think the reason maybe Alex had that face was I think Alex is a lot higher on Nassim than I am. I personally. As a human, I, I don't like him. So I don't think he's going to amount to much as a major league starter. I really and I really don't. I think his ceiling is very limited. I, you know, Nassim, I've seen him play in person. The guy has almost as much bat uh, offensive impact as Victor Victor, but he does have the speed element. He's a fantastic base stealer, fantastic shortstop, amazing shortstop. So the glove alone will get him to triple A to the major. Crazy plate discipline too. Crazy plate discipline as well. I think Eli made that point actually. Was it crazy plate discipline or is it just shitty pitchers and, you know, a hitter friendly environment. So that's something to keep in mind. But yeah, Nassim, he will make it to the major solely based on his glove, but I, 
I can never see him being a major league starter at shortstop. Yeah. The the one thing I'll say on Nassim is I gave up on him because you have so much shortstop depth. You have Salas, Watson, Ian Lewis. We'll probably get into in a bit. And I but and you gotta you gotta this. think you gotta think Kevin about who's gonna move off of those positions. Um, Bro, I think I Salas think will Salas move off of that off. position. Yeah, yeah. I think Khalil will move to second base. Um, you know, shortstop, shortstop isn't for every player, even if they start as a shortstop, which many players do start as a shortstop, okay. you got to think about how many, especially in this system are going to move off of that position. Yeah. Um, and I think Nassim has the ability to stay at shortstop and you can't say that about a lot of players in this organization. So, I mean, man, I, I, I love Nassim for all of you guys, what you guys said about his glove, his speed is Insurmountable. It's incredible. You cannot, you cannot find. You'd be hard pressed to find a faster player in the Marlins organization. That's seventy grade speed. I mean, that that's that good. So um, I, I really McCants. think that what well, McCants, McCants may be close, but we got to see it, right, Danny? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's what we always talk about. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I really think that because of the defense and because of the upside at shortstop, I really think that Nasim can stay there and be good there and be very good there. So I, I, I don't know. I mean, you, what you guys are saying is true that, you know, there's not a ton of thump in the bat. You know, he's, we saw him as you guys see from this video probably, and you guys have seen, I don't know if Eli has the video. He was literally putting his bat into hot water tubs to try to heat it up and putting energy drinks on his bat to try to heat it up because his bat was that bad with the hammerheads. And you guys are definitely right. But, man, I think he's a personality. I think he's a super cool dude. I, I love this kid. I, I, I am not low on Nassim at all because of what happened last year. I like Nassim. Defense speaks for itself. Got to fix the bat. Yes, there's a little bit of a loop in the swing. You know, you got to make it more of a line drive swing to make it play for average. I think it'll come as he goes along in his career. I, I'm not low on Nassim. I think really, quick, really quickly for me on Nassim to finish that yeah. off is I feel we already have a Nassim Nunez and it's Devers. Like um, you know, oh, it's, it's a guy who you're has so really, high on Devers. Like <laughs> I am. I mean, I'm not high I on like Devers' ceiling. I, I'm high on him because of his floor. Like right. I think he's there. That's a utility guy. He'll be that. You know. Yeah. So I don't think he's going to be amazing, but we already have a, a no pop, um, good bat to ball, um, great speed, incredible defense guy in our in our system. So with Nassim. You know, I think uh, I'm just, I mean, I'm not really down on him. He's in my 20s, low 20s, but not too high on him. Yeah. To and answer your question, Matt yeah. Chapman, uh, that's a fine trade. Uh, I think it's a, a fair trade. I don't think we'd win it, but I think it's fair. I, I would do it. I, I think of it like this. Oakland's rebuilding. They're going to want some kind of third base replacement. So you get B.A. Dax Fulton is a, a pitcher of necessity for them. You gave up Luzardo. You're probably going to give up a couple of guys in your starting rotation, Frankie Montas. And then Nasi Nunez is a, a top guy prospect that you'll probably have in there, maybe a top 10, 15 prospect in your top 30. And who else? And Nick Knight is going to just step in right into a rotation, get his true full, you know, he's going to get a nice start in that. He's going to have he's going to have a full-time MLB. He's not going to be doing what he's doing with Miami going up and down. That's how I see it. Miami, it's a high-risk, high-reward type player in Chapman. Who it's only two years, building, so it makes sense. It's two years of control from Chapman. So that's also something to keep in mind. Yeah. And I, I'm just going to see the elephant in the room when I'm looking at this list. Isaac, yes. you have Jordan Holloway. 
at 16, <laughs> and you have Ian Lewis at 27. Yeah, uh, uh, that, was, uh, to us. that was ignorance on my part. Uh, this is my first ever list, so I, I didn't make a couple mistakes. E- e- Eli told me right away, I, I think you should be higher on Ian Lewis, and I was like, yeah. I fucked no, up. man, no, no, no. You got you to gotta die with it. Just say, oh, the reason it's tr- like no, find his negative. If I go back and look at that, I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I'll be the first to admit it. Uh, Holloway, Holloway, I will back up. Holloway, I'm a big fan of. You know, he, his, his curveball is up there with Braxton's. I like him out of the bullpen. I don't think he will be a starter. I can tell you right now he won't be. But I think he can be actually a very valuable piece to Miami's bullpen in beginning in 2022, as he was in 2020. I think he had some innings. And in 2021, I think he actually has a lot of potential, and he showed it in the big leagues. He's got size, he's got velocity, a crazy curveball. So him, I him, I'll defend. Ian Lewis, he, I should have been him higher. The one time I'll defend you here, but I, I will say, Braxton uh, Jordan Holloway is not a top 30 guy, but his his starter and and bullpen splits are completely different when you look at them. As a bullpen piece, this guy's nasty. He's really good. Like he's proven it to us. He's gonna be a Big piece in this bullpen if he's kept on the Marlins. But as a starter, it's just not its not going well. Exactly. I will say, just looking at your guys' back end of your lists on the screen here, I love that you guys both ranked Troy Johnston. I <laughs> yeah. love that you guys both ranked George Soriano, who I think could be very good. And I really love that that's you guys guy. both ranked uh, Osiris Johnson, who is a deeper down prospect that's not thought about a lot because of all the missed time that he's had. It's a guy that really struggled to start next year, but a guy I, that I think really figured it out in his trip to the FCL. Um, they're making him an outfielder and center fielder, which he apparently showed very well in center field, just randomly yeah. after being, uh, you know, an infielder for most for all of his major league career. Um, that's a guy that has a good hit tool. The I, I think Osiris Johnson. I'll say this: Daniel may disagree with me. I think Osiris Johnson has the best bat speed. In the Marlins organization, hands down, that bat the bat speed is that good. So, I mean, man, I think he has to fix the swing and miss a little bit. I think that the move to the outfield really took a lot of pressure off of him, and I think that that's what you're going to see with Osiris Johnson starting next year. So, I love that you guys have him ranked. So that's my. But thoughts you, you mentioned the, the positives. I'm going to mention one that I'm not seeing here. That I'm not going to say should be in here, but. Keep him in your minds because this kid's coming. It's a uh, Ronald Hernandez catcher. Yeah, yeah um, absolutely. Catcher kid, eighteen year old, um, signed in in last year's international um, amateur. And uh, what was it, Danny? Six six hundred K, I think, right? Uh, or no, that uh, eight fifty. Eight fifty K. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. pedigree's there. The pedigree's there. I mean, this guy got Ian Lewis. Um, type of money so he has right now it's looking like projected to have the power he's a switch hitter he has the right size he's still small but he's gonna grow into it when he gets that stateside um dude he did really well dsl like crappy first month like first month as a pro and then second month just killed it and ended up with a 110 wrc plus for the season doesn't strike out 18 percent k rate um I really like that kid. Uh, and again, switch hitter, he has the tools. So remember that name, Ronald Hernandez. Well, the one thing I'll say about him, and I know you guys got to move on, but the one thing I'll say about Ronald Hernandez, I love Ronald Hernandez, switch hitting catcher, like huge. He is 
and I said this to Danny, and he, Danny is okay with the size, but he is so tiny. What is he? And I know he's like 17 years old, right? So there's tons of time. So we yeah, shouldn't really hold me. But he's like he's like six one, like one sixty or something like that. Yeah, like, like, catch him. He's seventeen, so I just yeah. work. It, right. it, Danny thinks it's okay, and I, I I see his point of view, but I I don't know. I mean, I and his 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 scouting reports as a catcher are very good and a switch hitter, so you can't argue with that. But um, man, I, I like the video I see on him. I love Ronald Hernandez. If he can stick as a catcher. Man, he's going to be really good. But uh, the size projectability is my slight worry for him. But that's it. He can so, stick as a catcher you- without a doubt. Um, he has, he has it, the fielding, the, the the arm. I mean, I'm really excited about him. All right, continue. So once we pull, we're, as we start pulling up the fan questions, I need to ask you guys about Troy Johnson. This guy was one of the best players in the minor league system. I, I know I, I completely forgot about this guy until the end. Me and Isaac actually put him at 24. I put him at 24 because I didn't know too much about the guy. He'll definitely be rising up on my list, though. So, Alex, uh, Alex. Adelante. Adelante, yeah. good sir. Go ahead, man. It's no, Daniel, you first. I've gone first every time on him, so you go first. Dude, I, I, I love Johnson. That swing is beautiful. Uh, he got to power this year, but, I mean, uh, I talked my ass out of Yuri Perez. I mean, get, get to your guy. This guy's yours. All right. Well, I'll give I'll give you a, a small sneak peek on this, even though we haven't released it yet, because this is going to be on our next episode, which we have yet to record. Um, I have him at number nineteen on my list personally. Um, man, as I've told you guys many, many times, just such simplicity, and you guys can see it on the screen for those of you that are watching on YouTube. Um, just such simplicity in that swing, just so selective, creates loft and stays through the baseball. That's the hit tool for Troy Johnson. I think it's a very underrated hit tool for anybody that doesn't have Troy Johnson within the top 30. I I, I really cannot see how you can do that. I started taking a look at this guy after his year in Batavia in 2019. You know, the numbers are what they are, but that's short season ball. So the numbers are going to pop. But I looked at video and I just saw what he continued to do from his college years at Gonzaga and it's just such simplicity, like I said, stays through the baseball, two hands on the bat, you know, steps right to the baseball. And it's just it's just such a good hit tool. I really don't see much of a weakness in this guy's swing. I think it's that good. And the weakness that people will point to is that he didn't stick as an outfielder. And he really wasn't great as, as, a, as an outfielder in, in minor league baseball, which is definitely true. But took the step to move to first base. And the power, which was the only thing that was limiting him from being a fantastic hitting prospect, just took off in, 20, in 2021. I mean, so good. I, I can't say enough about this guy. We talked to him on the podcast, and Daniel knows that. He is very level-headed. He describes himself as a cage rat, as a guy that was just around hitting all the time as he was growing up. And I, I really love this guy, man. I, I like I like him as a deeper down prospect. I am probably higher on him than a lot of other people. I have him at 19. Because of that hit tool, obviously he's limited by the defense. Um, but, man, I, 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 I can't say enough about Troy. Great dude, great kid. I think he's going to be pushed hard next year. I think he starts next year uh, as, the, um, as the first baseman, uh, if not DH, if not interchangeably, um, in double-A Pensacola. I, I love Troy. Can't say enough. 
All right, it's fan question time. We're bringing it back. We do have a couple questions from you guys who are listening or on or watching on YouTube. So let's get on to the first one. And which prospect do you predict will make the biggest jump or leap this year in 2022? I guess we could all say a quick answer here, and then we'll move on to the next one, starting with Alex. Uh, prospect to make the biggest jump, uh, is this for where, I, I guess you guys probably don't know, is this from where he started to, or, or from where the season's going to end? Is that what you guys are getting at? You're muted, Isaac. I think it, as the question is like, who will, who's, st- uh, prospect stock like will go up the most. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah, I can answer this question. I think it's going to be Cody Morissette. Cody, Cody Morissette is a guy that came out of the draft and did not do great. I think he hit like 200 with, yeah. with Jupiter, if I'm not mistaken. So he didn't do great. But the defense was very good. I mean, I saw him play third base, and he was stabbing down you know, these, these screaming line drive ground outs. Um, and from what he did in college, I really, really like the hit tool to permeate as he gets more experience. So I really think that you're going to see Cody Morissette as a guy that could take off, a guy that could play multiple positions as well on defense. Um, uh, Isaac, I know you love his swing. I, I like it as well. Uh, I think it's a line drive cut with a little bit of uppercut. I think it's built for a balanced approach. So I like Cody, Cody Morissette. He's going to be my answer for, for my buddy, Steve and Steve, we appreciate your support. <laughs> Isaac, you're up. Who, who's your guy? Uh, yeah. I, I just like, you know, Alex can't say enough about Troy. I can't say enough about Cody. The guy, you know, had an OPS of nine and seven at Boston. The guy is just a gaudy homer in development camp when no one could homer. It was him and Silas and that was about it. Um, but to me, the guy who could possibly make the biggest jump, you know, have a breakout year, I think if Fitterer is healthy, I think Fitterer can have a really good season and really jump up to a top 15, you know, list at some point, but he would be my answer. Danny DeVivo, who is your guy? <clears throat> Two guys really quickly. Number one is one I already mentioned. He'll go from the 30 to like maybe top 10 is Ronald Hernandez. Again, remember that name. And my other guy, who is right now top 10, but I see him going top three, top four, is Dax Fulton. He's going to have a crazy season, that dude. Bennett Hostetler, too, for me. Sorry. Go ahead, Al. Yeah, Kevin. Let's go on. All right. So my guy, I mentioned him on the article that he's my prospect now. I'm claiming him to be my guy. So if he's bad in the future, doesn't have much of a future in the league, it's, it's my fault for claiming him. But mine's George Soriano. This guy, oh, my God. The stats just say it all. This guy was so good. You look, at yeah. you look at his Jupiter season in 2020, in 2021, 3-0, three, three and 291 ERA. This guy pitched 34 innings. He had – looking for the strikeouts here. He had 47 Ks, and then he goes up to Beloit, and he just does even better, 4-1. 374 ERA, a little bit higher, but his strikeouts were 67. In the fifth is not even in here, but, man, Soriano's so good. I could see him going to double-A next season. And maybe we could see him by 2024, maybe maybe a little 2023 appearance. I, I don't know. Maybe 2024 is, I think, the best time to see him. So let's go on to the next question. In the framework of the MLB teams, where do the Marlins rank after the last few trades? Top 10 in MLB, and what position in the minors are we currently the deepest at? I guess we'll start with Alex. And I think when he's talking about the, the whole farm system, where do we rank, I assume? I mean, if he's asking where we rank in terms of trades, this is a bad question for me because you guys all know how I feel about Cameron Meisner. Oh, uh, I think that drags it down. The rest of the trades that happened before that, I was on board with. Um, you know, the, the trade that happened for for um, 
for Alex Jackson, I hated. Uh, you know, we're talking about trades that are going back to next year. If you're talking about trades that have happened so far, the only one that drags it down for me is that one. And, it, you know, if, if you're asking where do they rank in terms of trades so far this offseason, it's bottom of the barrel for that specific trade. And no knock on Joey Wendell, but, man, I, I, I can't – I'm still not over it. You guys heard me when it happened. We were in the group chat. Danny – I'm sure Danny agrees with me. But, but I think I think what uh, what Steve asked here is, and maybe I'm wrong, but I think what he's asking is where do the Marlins rank, like the system rank after those trades? Oh, oh yeah, yeah like, sure. Is it still a top ten system? Or yeah, of I course. Think yeah, of course. Said. If that's if that's what you're asking, Steve, and I misconstrued your question because I was too preoccupied <laughs> with Cameron Meisner, and I apologize. Uh, the Marlins are still a, a top five organization in, in baseball for yeah. sure. Um, and as far as what position they still deepest at, um, the number one is starting pitching for sure. Yeah, Definitely. No question. Definitely. Um, and then even, even though they traded Cam Meisner, who I'm clearly still struggling with, I'm with um, you, man. I'm outfield, with you. outfield would be a small second. So if they're going to trade more from positions of depth, there is tons to trade from. Uh, we talked about guys like McCambly, uh, Fitterer, who I, I, and I would hate to lose both of those guys for everything that we talked about. Dax Fulton, uh, would be another guy that I would hate to lose because of his projectability. Um, but man, um, if we can still, the Marlins could still deal so much from those positions, those two positions of, of, of projectability outfield and especially starting pitching. And I think if they do for help at the major league level could still be at least the top 10, if not still a top five, um, depending on who they, who they trade, uh, 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 system in baseball. So that's my thought. I'd say in terms of, of depth, uh, I'd say for me before outfielder, it's, it's shortstop. Um, yeah. there, I mean, we there's just yeah. so much right there. That's Khalil. Uh, you got Jose Salas. We have Ian Lewis, Jose Devers, Yili Cafe, who we didn't get to today. Messi um, Nunez. So I mean, it's it's pretty deep in terms of depth. Not like top heavy, but we actually have a lot of players in the top 30, 40. Believe it or not, it's catcher. You know, because top 30, it's only Mac and maybe Banfield if you want to include him. But yeah. after that, you know, you have yeah, Nate Fortes, you have Ronald mentioned, you have Peyton Peyton Henry. Henry. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you have you have several catchers right there, top 40. Um, so in terms of depth, we do have catchers. It's just not top heavy. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I think what, my only disagreement with you there, Daniel, is what I said before about who's going to move off of shortstop. And I think it's a lot of the guys that you mentioned that are going to move off of shortstop. Yeah, Nassim, that we talked about, I, is I think that a guy that could definitely stick there, which is why I have him probably higher than a lot of other guys, because it takes a lot to stick at shortstop, especially at such a young age. And I think Nassim could do it. Um, in terms of starting catching, that teams would definitely be looking at in terms of a big-time trade or at least a trade that you can include a prospect with. The Marlins don't have a lot. It, w- it would be limited to those who still think Will Banfield could do it um, and those who really are infatuated with the power potential of a guy like Peyton Henry. So that's your question. Um, the defensive ability is, is is questionable in Peyton Henry. The defensive ability in Bert, uh, I'm sorry, in, uh, in Banfield is definitely there, but then you got to look at the offense and he's been very underwhelming. So everything as a whole, the Marlins are thinnest at catcher. Definitely strongest at positions such as outfield and starting pitching. Still, even though we've traded what we've traded. Yeah, Isaac, your your answer here. 
Definitely a top 10 system. I don't could arguably top five. You know, I think the system is, it was, it was so fun to really go in depth about the system and making my list and deepest starting pitching unequivocally for sure. And I think from there you got to go outfield. And like Alex said, a lot of those shortstops that Daniel mentioned, a lot of them will go to third. Salas will be a third baseman and Watson could be a second baseman, but I would say outfield and starting pitching, no doubt. Yep. I'm pretty much with you, Isaac here. Top 10. I think it's even top five. Yeah. Tampa, Tampa has the best farm system. I'm not even going to get into that. Tampa but... has the best everything except for stadium. Yeah. And deepest, easily. And, and they just added Cameron Meisner. Just so yeah, dude. Like, ugh. <sighs> we'll see if I like the stripes live, but dude, I still can't believe that. I talked. I thought we, about we it could go on probably for another hour talking about that Cam Meisner dude. trade, but Holy man, God. second deepest. I'm gonna go in. I'm gonna go shortstop here and then outfield because they gave up Connor Scott. I think that was the only outfielder and Cam Meisner. I think that's a big that's a big drop off there. And then second base, second short. They didn't give up too much, and I think we're going to end it here. This was the longest Fish Stripes Unfiltered at the moment. Uh, thank you to Danny and Alex. I had a blast talking about it. This was definitely an episode I was excited to film. Uh, thank you guys for coming, and if you have any last words for the people watching. No, just thank you so much for having us on. We're always uh, glad to join any Fish Stripes platform whether it be this jeopardy which i'm not very good at that i'm learning uh, or any other platform that you guys want to have us on we're always here for you uh but yeah i mean it's, this was awesome and a pleasure to be on unfiltered with isaac and you kevin so i'll pass it to danny if he has anything to say nah, man just thanks for having us it was really fun isaac any last words for the people oh thank you guys again for joining us i appreciate it when you guys had me on yours it was a lot of fun talking prospects with you guys is very humbling to how much knowledge you guys have. It's really fun though, because we have disagreements and we have things that we agree on. So it's a lot of fun. This was a lot of fun to do. We could talk about this stuff for ages. So when oh, you have yeah. us on a pod, you gotta you gotta expect it to go long. So sorry about the long run no, time. You're good. All you guys at Eli included, but uh, this was really fun. So thank you again. No, I had a blast. Once again, subscribe to YouTube, follow us wherever you're listening to this right now. Give it a five-star rating if you're able to, and we will see you guys in two weeks. Peace out and go fish. We got to end it off right. <laughs>